You've eaten Gotham's wealth, its spirit, but your feast is nearly over. This is not my home. It's an operating table. And I'm the surgeon. Why aren't you laughing? From this moment on, none of you are safe. Welcome to the Batman Book Club, a podcast exploring the Dark Knight Library. I am your host, Ryan Lauer. The Batman Book Club is a proud member of the Batman Podcast Network, hosted by BatmanOnFilm.com. Just go to BatmanPodcastNetwork.com for a whole list of other nerdy shows, including a few new ones that have been added to the site. Check that out. Thanks for tuning in for episode number 43, Whatever Happened to the Caped Crusader. And speaking of the Batman Podcast Network and Batman on Film, I brought in a bat bro for this one. He chose this story. He couldn't wait to talk about this story. So returning to the show again for the eighth time, a VIP to the BBC. That's a very important Peter. Peter Vera. Pete, hello and welcome back. I'm out of jail, fellas. I'm back. I'm out of Arkham. I'm out of timeout. I'm here to talk some Batman comic books. <laughs> Yeah, I mean, it, it seems like we we sort of just did this because uh, we kind of did for the crossover episodes with mm -hmm. Straight Out of Gotham. You're Straight Out of Gotham, which I didn't even mention that yet. It's Pete Vera from Straight Out of Gotham, and then we also did it earlier, just a few episodes ago, for the Batman Book Club. So, uh, yeah, you were you were kicked out for a while, but uh, you're back, and you're going to be back pretty often from now on. So, oh, really? Now, yeah, now, now yeah. Often. All right, I see how it is. Yeah. Uh, Garrett was getting pretty close on your heels. I think he was even tied for the amount of times he's shown up on here, but uh, yeah, you're getting him. You're getting him on this one. <laughs> do, you, do you know what the count is? I don't even know what it is. I believe the last episode when he was on that, that was either seven or eight. Okay. So yeah. So you're ahead. Got to get, Worst case Justin's gotta get up there. Justin, he was. And then I, I went through between, you know, like November and December and January. There's, there's mm -hmm. a lot, but Justin's coming up. He's coming up after you, man. So he's on your guys' heels too. It's a whole competition. As far as the amount of right. people that are trying to call books, you like second to none. Like there's a distance between you and-, and Well, I just read a lot. <laughs> <laughs> so it's like, yeah. And I, I try to pick obscure things. This one's not so obscure, but- I mean, I try to pick more obscure titles. Yes and no. I mean, that's a good segue first before we dip into that of what kind of uh, Batman comics have you been reading lately? Or what have you been reading lately? That's Batman. Oh, uh, man, lately. Uh, outside of Future State, I've got a, let's see here, Detective Comics 644. Nice. So that's uh, around there, around 644. That's that's kind of where I've been reading lately. That's where my back issues are. Ooh, so you are post-Red Hood creeping up to the face-to-face -face story. That's coming up uh, in the 650s. That, I think that's Batman. This is Detective. Detective. I'm sorry. Yeah, never mind. Yeah. Yank, yank my fan card. Well, so I, I mean, <laughs> you know, not I, that hard. Yeah. <laughs> but uh, yeah, no, like, so I'm just, I'm, I'm digging into the back issues. I love, I love reading those things, uh, mostly for the ads. You know, it's crazy. Yeah. Like stories are great, but it's like, it's funny when you get to see just how things were like in the eighties and the nineties and you go, oh, wow. There's like just crazy advertisements. 
it it'll never happen which is because of uh business and all of that stuff but that would be so great if on the digital issues so on dc infinite like if they included the ads and stuff too that'd be oh, that'd be great that'd be so cool but it, yeah uh, it'll never and happen. i love running across the mile high comics ad every once in a while that's funny i'm like oh yeah. okay that's interesting yeah. don't do that anymore i feel that's like i haven't seen a mile high comics ad in years bring it back also something fun that you do as you're exploring these back issues is that you you post uh pictures on on your twitter and you do a hashtag of uh pvp back issues pv back issues my initials and then back issues. i don't know why i said pvp <laughs> uh, I, I, I oh, freaking mess tonight holy shit well we got to get you back on track i know oh god all right so whatever happened to the cape crusader uh, mm-hmm. That that is a story that was released in 2009. It appeared in Batman number 686 and Detective Comics 853. Uh, it's just two chapters, written by Neil Gaiman, illustrated by Andy Kubert. Uh, they were single issue releases. They've been collected in a hardcover. They've been collected in a trade paperback. They've been recently re-released in a deluxe edition hardcover. They're available digitally. Pete, which version of the story did you read? For this episode i have the original uh monthlies from april 2009 excellent yes those i also have in my long box but what i think triggered and sparked this whole conversation was that at the comic shop recently i picked up the the 2019 release no it was last year 2020 mm-hmm. uh deluxe edition hardcover and as a great bonus for this i think this is the the first time it's been printed in like a like a thicker kind of old style paper too. How much did that run you for? Uh, the back cover price is thirty dollars. Wow. So, what else is in there besides the two stories? There's a black and white story, Batman black and white story, which okay. I've read that one before too. I don't remember how I've read it. I don't mm-hmm. think I read it in a black and white collection, but maybe, uh, which is pretty cool. And then there's uh, some secret origin stories of uh, like a poison a poison ivy one and then like this media group that ends up um trying to get interviews to do like a special on like the 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 bad guys who i'm trying to find it now like what they try to call it of they're trying to put a show together and interview like mm-hmm. batman's big villains because they want to make a special of like basically the ones who who uh piss off batman and then it ends with them going to uh meet face to face with the riddler okay so there's um, nothing there's nothing in there kind of can, bridging the gap from batman rap and final crisis to what happens nope not at all so okay. they definitely just pulled some written by gaiman uh stories to put to put in here to kind of okay. flesh it out and justify their their pricing a little bit i mean it's a nice book uh justin kowalski would love to smell it because he loves to smell the floppies <laughs> i I love to smell the this style of paper. It's my style of paper and stuff. So yeah, it's a it's the it's construction nice paper. paper. Yeah, it's it's nice. Yeah. It's good stuff. It's, it's not glossy. It. We don't like glossy paper. No, I like that old style paper. Old style paper. That's style. Old style. Old style. So, Pete, I want to ask, why did you choose this story? Uh, one one of the reasons is it's unlike. Uh, it's one of the few stories where you're like, oh man, this is unlike anything I've ever read. Mm-hmm. You pick, it's not your stereotypical Batman story. You know, it's not really Batman chasing down a villain or a criminal. It's kind of, uh, it's almost like a eulogy or a retrospective piece, right? Like, um, they're supposed to be, ba- it's supposed to be the final two issues 
uh, well, the final issue of Batman, the final issue of Detective, you know, after Batman dies, um, I believe after 853 of Detective, Batwoman took over in 854. And Batman 687 didn't take print until August. So there was some time after that. So after uh, Final Crisis, uh, when Batman was killed by Darkseid, you know, mm-hmm. uh, this was kind of, it's interesting because, you, you know, you, it starts off as like Batman's funeral, right? And he, it's like, it's almost like a Christmas carol like too, you know what I'm saying? Like, yeah, he's watching his, his, his own funeral and someone's guiding him along the way and it ends up being his mother. And that's really like touching and endearing. And you're like, oh, wow. Okay. And you know, the story just, it brings you back to like, everyone's talks about the dark Knight's death. Yeah. And everyone's story is so different. And -hmm. it's almost like there's no definitive death because it's almost a multiverse story because these are all possible deaths of a possible Batman. Mm -hmm. And Batman. Okay. Go go on. I was going to say like, this was like kind of a, a good timing on your part of picking this this story because we've slowly gone through Grant Morrison's run, which the very first issue of Grant Morrison's Batman run was when I got back into monthly buying of comics. Mm-hmm. And so, you know, Rob Myers was on and we talked Batman and son. And then when Justin Kowalski was on, we did the club of heroes. And then Javi recently was on and we talked Batman RIP and it's like this followed RIP. And so definitely at the time of this releasing, I was like, I wanted like, I, I wanted the Batman that I grew up reading in the monthly comics. And it's like, it was like, come on, get there, get there. And then this story was, was definitely, it was very unique. And at the time, Mm -hmm. I think I was very impatient with it because like I said, I wanted more Batman on the streets, kicking ass, taking on the rogues. And this was not that this was somewhat kind of like a little philosophical, you know, yeah, I mean, for someone, if you're, if you're, let's say, like, if you're someone fresh off the streets and this is your first introduction <laughs> to Batman Prince in a while, yeah. this is not, you're not going to enjoy this. Um, this is definitely a legacy story. Um, even Gaiman said, like, this is a story that uh, com- commemorates 70 years of Batman history. So mm-hmm. you need to know your history in order to get this. There's a lot of, you know, uh, flashbacks and going and, and just thinking back to, you know, what was. Yeah, and it, it, in looking stuff up for this episode and covering this book, I'd always just alluded to, oh, Alan Moore did a story back in the 80s, whatever happened to the Man of Tomorrow. Beautiful it's story. The, the Beautiful. last Superman story. And so I just figured, oh, this is just their time of their, well, let's do that with Batman. Okay. But there's, a, you know, it's a reference to backup stories in the 70s and 80s by DC Comics Presents. And mm-hmm. it, it like revisited golden age and silver age characters and it was always you know whatever happened to blank and so it's got a little bit more like history with that and so i think that's like that's kind of cool but for me that as at the the time of reading this story the first time they were saying it's the last batman story but then i knew that like oh yeah well in a few months another issue is coming out so what the hell are they talking about this the last it doesn't really kick in until the end now does it right yeah i know yeah i know so I don't, I don't know. Do you remember what your reaction? Well, did you read this right when it was released? Oh yeah. Um, I got, I, man, uh, I mean, I've told the story a hundred times. I mean, you know, I got, I back, haven't heard it. I've got back into Batman because of Scooby-Doo and that Scooby-Doo trailer. Right? So that, <laughs> that Scooby-Doo trailer. Yeah. No, that's what it was. And everyone knows what it is. Um, everyone knows that famous Scooby-Doo trailer from the what first. Was that, what was that in front of? 
I, I to be honest, I don't even remember. All I all I remember is that trailer is the thing that got me got the itch going. Yeah. And um the Matthew Lillard, Shaggy, Scooby Doo movies. Oh, like, yeah. That was the, the first one. Mm-hmm. So I started reading comics back then. Like I, I started getting back into it. So I've been reading for a while. And then this thing came out and I was like, oh wow, this it was when it came out, I, I didn't really like it because I was like, man, this is so this is this is so different. And I'm still bitter because like, you know, Batman just died. <laughs> You know, mm-hmm. Grant Morrison went on his psychedelic LSD trip known as Batman R.I.P. <laughs> so I was like, man, I'm not tripping balls. I don't know what the hell's going on here. And then <laughs> to go even further, it's like, I was like, Batman gets taken out by laser eyes, dark side. Like, this isn't cool. <laughs> you know, like, I was like, man, I want to see him take on the Joker. <laughs> yeah. I so, did not understand at that time because my my expanded DC universe knowledge was very, very little. It was it was Batman, and I was I had a decent grip on him in his history at the at that point, but much more now. And I didn't know what the hell an Omega Sanction was, and it just it yeah. annoyed the hell out of me. And I'm like, wait, I'm I'm I mean, at this point, I was a couple years. You know, the Morrison run was knocking on three years in, but I felt like I'm still waiting for my kind of Batman story to come. And then I like, he's dead. What the hell? What's this? This is the last Batman story, and he's in a damn coffin the mm-hmm. whole time. Like. Yeah. No, I'm with you. But honestly, like as frustrating as w- was watching Batman die in Final Crisis, it was like it, it sparked my knowledge because I'm like, all right, what the hell's going on here? And then from that, mo- I went back and I started backtreading and like, yeah, you know, Infinite Crisis, Crisis of Infinite Earths, uh, the New Gods. So like, all it it was actually my the spark plug that made me a greater DCU fan. Like I was always the Batman fan. Like you yeah, know, by 2009, geez, I was. I was working part-time. I was probably lifeguarding and stuff. I was, I was like, yeah, I was, I was in college. You've done it all. So, yeah. So, like, I was making my own money. So, I had enough money to go out and spend money on comics, you know, and yeah. devil into the back issues and price books and stuff like that and really just kind of, you know, teach myself. Yep. Because we didn't have the accessibility at that point uh, like we do now. We didn't have a, a DC app to just go through the back catalog of stories. And, yeah, it was and, whatever was and, in your and help, helpful lists in an app or somewhere of saying like, oh, Final Crisis, read this, 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 and this, like in the history that I'll help make pieces connect. Because I thought maybe I would understand and respect all of this better if I read Final Crisis as a whole. So I picked up the trade of it when it first went into paperback. And I remember reading it and I got done and I'm like, I don't know who half these people are or what the hell is even going on here. I'm more lost and maybe more frustrated now than I was before, which that's the only time I've read Final Crisis. I need to read it again because in 10 years time, my knowledge of DC has expanded like by five, you know, five times as much and whatnot. For me, I mean, my my favorite crisis will always be Crisis on Infinite Earths. Like I love that story. It's it's, uh, identity crisis for me. Identity mm. Crisis is good too. That's another one. Uh, yeah. Infinite Crisis is great. Uh, zero Zero Hour. I love that. That's a crisis book. I love that one. Uh, if, Final if, Night. They're all. I, I mean, but if they, if they, they call Justice it. League gets together. I always call them a. It's a crisis. Yeah. Justice League 2017 is a crisis. It's got <laughs> <laughs> you know, like. I wish that they should have thrown Crisis at the end of Blackest Night because then that'd be my favorite crisis story because Blackest Night is too. Blackest mm-hmm. Night is fantastic. Nah. That, I, that, that, you know, if that's, that's a crisis. Your, yeah. I consider it a crisis. Why not? That's a crisis too. But, uh, All right. Well, now in reflection of this book, it for me reads much better now and mm-hmm. reading it for this episode, not just because of this uh, lovely scented book, but 
it read probably the best for me this time than it than it ever has before right and i think oh, i've been great. more ex more accepting of the the idea and what's at play uh it's i still and i'm eager to hear some of your opinions i'm still not there's a difference between this and batman r.i.p and that this things don't click together fully r.i.p things don't click together fully but i'm so much more accepting of this than r.i.p i agree i i like this way more than r.i.p mm -hmm. personally and, and maybe just, that's an unfair comparison because they're two different stories but i just mean in the sense of feeling still like not everything's clicking together here's an example of it happening here and here and it it it's fine and it in well, this case. to me this feels like a, a better conclusion to rip than actually what we got in rip you know this feels yeah. like this feels like the end you know mm -hmm. and it's it's fascinating just you see all the all, all the characters interact and i i say my, my probably my, my least favorite moment in the book is a uh, catwoman's tail the beginning of that just because i don't like her in the in the cat suit the the cat mask. head mask yeah. <laughs> i don't like the cat head mask i don't either but that's i the love only, that that's I love that fight I have with Cooper. Other than that, like it's masterful artwork, and a lot of it has to do with the fact that he's not really drawing his his style. He's interpreting a lot of other styles. Like you know how we say it's like a, it's a culmination of seventy years. Yeah, this book really does a great job. It's of absorbing and adapting other characters, and to the point where I, I was looking at this and I was like, you know something? I don't see Neil Adams Batman anywhere. Like I see Dick Sprang. I see like the Tim, uh, the Bruce Tim Joker in issue two. Kelly Jones's Batman's here. Jim Kelly's ba uh, Jim Kelly. Uh, uh, Jim Lee's Batman's there. Jim Kelly. <laughs> <laughs> and Jim, and uh, Frank Miller's Batman. You know, Frank Gorshin's Riddler's even in this book. Uh, uh, you know, um, what's it called? Uh, the, uh, uh, the Robin from 66. I'm blanking on his name. Burt Ward's Robin's in the book. You know, there's so much history. The 66 Batmobile, the, the red yeah. phone. Like it is such a, a celebratory issue of everything Batman up until two thousand nine. Bolland, you didn't you didn't mention Bolland. There's one Joker shot of that's totally like killing. This okay. is killing joke. Um, yeah. Right after the Mad Hatter, and I think yeah that that too. Is that issue one? I got both. That's, books that's in the second um, the second issue. Book two might be my favorite one actually. I mean Kobe Bryant's jersey makes an appearance. That's true on the cover, and mm -hmm. which is inspired by. Uh, uh, you know, Bob Kane mm -hmm. and detective. Would you but, say uh, that out Ra's al Ghul is in de the detective issue? Maybe that's a little Neil Adams. Take I, you know, it is. Cause you know what, you know what is Neil Adams is when it's got the Bruce and Talia kiss. Okay. That's in there. That's definitely in there. So yeah, there you go. Yeah. Look Gotham at me. I'm like, like you're Lee. wrong, Pete. Yeah. You missed this and this. I just, I just wrong. myself. Okay. <laughs> Jesus Christ. Fanboy nation. <laughs> <laughs> can't cancel pv back issues i can't even get a trivia question right oh my god well it's funny when you bring up the art i think an interesting there's an interesting intro written by gaiman at the front of this which is really cool and talks about basically this you know the origins of this story that's and he good, talks about with yeah and he said that he was delighted and thrilled when he found out that andy kubert would be drawing this mm -hmm. and he says i don't think there's anything that andy cannot do if you ask him to and I asked him to do some very strange things in this issue where other artists may have traced or swiped or copied. 
and he did something much odder and more interesting. As he explained to me, shot at Bob Kane. <laughs> <laughs> As he explained to me, I didn't try to draw like them. So alluding to these other artists, I tried to draw as if the artists you were talking about were trying to draw like me. So like that, that is odd and interesting. Uh, I think to me, I understand the idea, but it's still on paper. It seems, well, Andy Kubert, you're trying to draw this like, mm -hmm. like, uh, I can't, I but, but as an artist, I'm not an artist. I can't even draw a good stick figure. So, you know, take him for his word because he's a master at his craft, that this is what he did. And, and I think everything resembles, I mean, look how quickly you, you were able to just, oh yeah, this is a nod to this one, this one, this one, this one, this era, yeah. this era, this era. And like, it's, it's totally fitting. There's no questions asked on, I mean, oh, you, yeah, right here. That's Frank Miller, Batman. Oh, you right here. Book two, you got Frank Miller, Batman, Kelly Jones, Jim Lee. That's like, mm -hmm. those are three just drastic different portrayals of yeah. how the Dark Knight looks. And it's been a few years since I've read this. So you can only imagine how cool it was, especially that second book, that mm -hmm. first page. And you look and it's just like, well, let me just pop and see who, who's sitting down on each side. Oh, look at it. There's Harley, Joker. There's a... That looks like an Eartha Kit Catwoman. Uh, another Joker in the back. Um, oh, the the original Red Hood, Mad Hat, like all that. And then you look at the the bat suit, and then you look at the next picture, and I'm like, oh shit, the bat suit changed. I don't rem like. It's yeah. just been so long. I don't remember. You you have to look at it just for the artwork. Like, don't read it. Like, obviously read it, but I'm just saying, like, mm -hmm. you have to pay attention to each panel because you miss so much. Like, in page one, right? In page one, in book one, right before Catwoman's tail that's that's animated series joker right i mean like it clear as day to me mix you know just the, the wings on the hair the long nose you, you can see him behind bullock and montoya like that's that's the bruce tim joker and it just it incorporates every aspect of the history of the character um and it's it's so magnificent mm -hmm. yeah For so as, it, the sto it, when the story and the art are in are in sync and they're just they're both you know they're both on point yeah. It just takes a book to a new level. And like for something like this, mm -hmm. it's really something. And it's just, you, you know, the dynamic of the Bat-Cat relationship is really on display here. And then it, I, I learned something from this story about Robin Hood's death. I didn't know that, you know, how Robin Hood essentially died. But, you know, he mentions that in, in this book, how he, you know, Batman goes to Catwoman because he's, he's hurt. And he's like, I need, you know, I need you to help me. She goes, no, like you, it's it's time. She's like, I love you. <laughs> you it's it's a weird way to say I love you. Watching the person you love die. Yeah, that's funny that you mentioned that because I can't find the part right now to see what exactly was said. But I think that made me stop and rethink. Also, of like, Robin Hood has died before. Oh man, yeah, I don't remember that. I don't remember I am, that at all. That, I'm that illiterate. In the Kevin Costner movie. <laughs> that did not happen in the Disney animated film Robin Hood. Yeah. He was alive at the end. He got married. It doesn't make sense. This is dark. This is dark storytelling. But so we set the, the stage is set of uh, there's basically, you know, it's a, it's a viewing for Batman in Crime mm -hmm. Alley and Joe chills the bartender and the, the viewing is in the back yeah. and we start to get separate tales of Catwoman tells how Batman died and there's a lot of nods to her history and their interactions and then we see perhaps the, the go ahead before that what joe says to selena as she walks in she goes selena goes joe i thought you were dead and this he goes i was here at the start of all this was kyle i'm not gonna miss the end like i was like oh wow that's interesting 
yeah. that, that really kind of took me back a little bit when I read that panel. Well, that was kind of the first, I, I do remember in reading, I don't remember all of this when I read it the first time, but I remember that was the, the cue or the first WTF. I'm like, wait, Joe Chill's a bartender? What the hell? Mm-hmm. In that part to me first, for somebody that I was reading the stories at face value, like it was like, oh, Batman's dead, Joe Chill's alive and he's a bartender and Catwoman called them Joe, like, this is odd. This is really weird to me. I don't understand this already. And as the story progresses, and I think that was kind of like weird and unique. And I had not, I'll just talk about like this, because I do know how I felt in reading it this time. And I was like, okay, so that's, that's like a nod to that's her interpretation of how, of how I died. But then Gaiman gets really ballsy with uh, the gentleman's gentleman's tale. Which Alfred's version. Amazing. Oh my God. And it actually is. And though it works in something like this, because it's just an idea. This is not canon. This did not really happen. But coming so Is it or did it happen on another earth? That's all like, I I I interpret these stories as these have all happened somewhere else. Well, it did allude a little to me, um, to RIP what Morrison was trying to sell of the butler did it. And Alfred was an actor and you know he was mm-hmm. Morrison was trying to say you know to set this plot in motion and we know how much Morrison was pulling from Batman's history for his his Batman run that I think I don't I don't know but it's worth looking to see if there is a story where this actually happened on Earth 37 or something like that mm-hmm. because that that is quite coincidental that this is something that Gaiman the Gaiman rights and Morrison did something roughly in that era or area before too. But this was like such a, yeah, this was such a like shocker of an interpretation, I think. And I, when he got, when he's sitting at the bar and Hey Eddie, I need a favor. And that's when the whole thing sets in motion of like all of these rogues and everything. It's all just a plot from, from Alfred, I'm like, to try, damn. To try to make him happy, you know? And it's, yeah. it seems like a very personal tale where Alfred is coming from, you know, Alfred's father passes and he, you know, he is, he's in debt to the Waynes for taking care of his father. So then Alfred will finish off his father's work and looking after the Waynes and you see Bruce and his mother and that storybook comes into play in issue two. Mm-hmm. And, you know, it, it, there's, there's the, there's the murder scene. Then the, there's the infamous uh, Bruce Wayne lifting the barbell. You know, that panel that's been translated over the years. And then, you know, how it's almost like he goes out there to fight crimes, but sometimes he does, sometimes he doesn't, sometimes he just falls deeper into his own hole. Yeah. So Alfred had to, you know, create the rogues gallery. I need to give you a purpose, make you feel fulfilled. Mm -hmm. And then you see Alfred turn into the Joker. Yeah. And it's it's kind of terrifying, you know, Mm -hmm. but it's all staged and planned until the, until it goes off script and Batman's actually needed. Which well, I thought was very interesting. That that panel that's got the different uh, Batman Joker stories over history. Mm-hmm. Uh, that's a cool one, especially when they pull old Gaggy. Yeah, uh, like one of one of those uh, or that story. Um, but yeah, like you said, when Bruce stumbles upon the hair, and then they just they realize that that's even though to me I'm like, oh, this is not canon this was still quite effective too. 
of the of basically like the the reveal as well as how the story how that story ends in basically alfred he the the man he got it this whole that set this thing in motion with eddie is the one that ends up taking out yeah. bruce in the end anyway the myth just took on a life of its own yeah and that that shot of like you know the panel of the guns in Batman's face. Then it's a side view, and then back to a side view even closer, and it goes blam and shoots. It's kind of like, oh damn, yeah. And then that's basically where like that first, the first book kind of ended. So at the time, I was like, oh, thank God that I don't have to wait another month. Like the detect, when's the detective issue come out? In like two weeks? Oh sweet, I, I, thought, I, thought, I, thought, <laughs> I thought it was like the next week. <laughs> but yeah, like book one's really heavy, and it's it it does a lot to set up, and it's. I think it picks up really beautifully from RIP and, and final crisis. Cause you're like, well, what happens now? And you literally just go right into it, you know? And this is a really grand introduction to this crazy DC universe tale. It's, it, it's, it's bigger than a Batman book because of how many, because of how big it spans, you know, like, yeah. You know, you open up issue two and there's the three different Batman, there's poison Ivy and then there's Ryan Haas's favorite Azrael. So it's that's like, right. It's it's pretty crazy. All for Ryan Haas. Well, then I they approach. They don't retread in the detective issue, the Batman issue. It's like they they did the basically. Selena has her story. Alfred has his story. That's that's it. On this one, they don't spend as much time. Uh, no, you like, get blurps, little blurps. Yeah. So the first. Pete. And Jay Oz pointed this out to me too. He's, the Clayface story is really touching. You know, it's short and sweet, mm-hmm. but just like you, you could just see the turmoil and it just how he was, how he, it wasn't about, yeah, he saved the city, but he was trying to save me. He convinced me, you know, he said, I'm not worth it. He said, everyone's worth it. So yeah. it's like, there's it's some like, good, wow. some good Batman moments. Uh, I like the two pages quick of, or two panels of Mad Hatter and then the two panels, mm-hmm. or like three panels of Joker. So that's also, that's creative too, that Gaiman didn't say, well, we need to make sure that we give Joker his arch nemesis, the big, like most of the book or anything like that. It's like, no, like he has three panels. The the Joker, not the Alfred Joker, like the Joker gets three panels and then move on, move along. And mm-hmm. I think... That's that's a good change of pace. I love me Joker stories, but the story's um, bigger than the Joker. It's, it's exactly it's about Batman. Yep, definitely. And then, um, um, I think when we get to Superman, Superman, it kind of reminds me of the trade paperback version of um, what happened to the Man of Tomorrow. Like it, it's a little bit similar to that that pose he's got. It's yeah. kind of like that book's had a statue of Superman. So I thought that was a cute little nod, but you know they don't focus like you said. They're not focusing on these people as much as I did the first two issues. Cause you get the idea like that you get, you get the gist of their stories. Cause now you get really deep into the mind of Bruce Wayne as he's going into this journey of the undead, this near death experience. The door. I mean, that was just yeah. something, that door. Was that there before? No. Um, and he says, does it matter? And you, then you see like the ghost, the mm-hmm. ghost uh, hand of Batman go through. And that's when it really starts to get, you know, philosophical for me of, you know, he's entering that, um, 
the near-death experience that you know we've all heard about and wonder is that true does it really happen and you the things said in here they are things i think that we've all heard too that your life flashes before your eyes which could be like what we've read up to this point that's bruce's life flashing before his eyes and then here you see like you know your your family that has moved on before you like you're greeted by them like all of this it, it does line up now with what we've heard when we all reach that point that we're going to, it's inevitable. Mm -hmm. Are we all going to see Martha right as we're close to dying? And maybe, maybe Pete. And I mean, that's fine. Yeah. I, I just, it's, just, it's very touching that it's his mother, you know, yeah. you would almost think it's his father just in the way that Thomas Wayne is usually portrayed in the books. We usually get Thomas more than Mar than uh, Martha, I think. Yeah. So I f this is a good change of pace. And it was something mm -hmm. that I was like, Oh, wow. Okay. This is different. Cause it's usually Thomas. Thomas Wayne was definitely the, I felt the more impactful one. Do you think that they purposely were told to leave Thomas out because they were still trying to sell Dr. Hurt as Thomas Wayne? That might be that might be part of it. That definitely could be part of it. Because I noticed in here too of like, wait, there's nothing about Thomas. Why? No, he's he's absent. What? Why is he? And it's like, well, this is really close to the R.I.P. situation, and Hurt was still popping up in Morrison, or he was going to start popping up in the Batman and Robin by Morrison. So maybe that's why he's absent from from this here on out. And it, a little deception. Yeah. Yeah. It doesn't it doesn't bother me because yeah, like you said, it's touching that it's that it's his mama. Bruce, he loves his mama. Yes, he does. But I love the, I love Gaiman's text, his dialogue on these next two pages. And basically Batman, he's almost like, you know, it's the shadowy Batman looking over Gotham City on the left and all of that text of, you know, like I'll just read some of them. I've learned that it doesn't matter what the story is. Something's never changed because even when they aren't talking about me, they are because they're talking about Batman. The Batman doesn't compromise. I keep the city safe, even if it's safer by just one person. And I do not ever give in or give up. It's like, you're damn right you never give in or give up. That's the that's the goddamn Batman. And just Kubert's arch just magnificent here with the silhouettes of Batman in the background on top of everything. You get yeah. some year one. Uh, your I, blimps. I, I apologize <laughs> to Neil. We get some Neil Adams. We get some Jim Lee, you know? Yeah. Uh, it's just, you is know, that first Anton monitor? Room. No, I don't know what that was. Who's he? Is. Okay. Cause I don't know. I don't know. monitor was like blue and yellow. I don't, I don't remember who a red okay, and white or was, but you get the first encounter of man bat. You get nightfall. You get Batman under the steps with the white cat near one Talia. And Ark, I believe this, this part on the, on the, on the right side is Arkham Asylum, right? Yeah. That's, that's McKean. Yeah. It's Dave McKean for sure. Then you have that, that hot, passionate kiss where Batman's like, I'll take off my shirt, but I will not take off the cowl. I will say he's not hairy. He doesn't look at his... He, Neil Adams' Batman's usually hairy. He's hairy. got a little hair peeking up he's over his shoulder. There's he's a little his forearms. So, yeah, so I apologize. There's some Neil Adams in this story. The Bane but, image is, is well mm -hmm. done. But yeah, that, that man bat is definitely from his, like, it looks like the cover of his first appearance, you know? Like, yeah. That's good stuff. That, those are just three excellent... Uh, excellently drawn pages and I, I do i love the nods and it's especially it's it's great when you when you've read a lot of these stories because you can do like you like you just did and how you did earlier of like pinpoint oh yeah yeah that's that artist in this story that's that yeah. artist in this story that makes it a lot of fun easter eggs for us us fans
And then the next page, you know, there's like this kind of like bat cape, bat wing type thing, and there's panels mm-hmm. and that. And then it's on a white background, so it's it really stands out. But yet it looks so intimate with him and his mother. Like he's, you could tell like he's really kind of soaking up this conversation he's having with your mother. Yeah, his mother, not your mother, not Lana Lauer. <laughs> I. I think and it's, everything she says to him is like, you know, you you just fight until you until it's done, and then you die, and then it's like, you know, and then when she's like, it just kind of happens again. Like she, that's what you know, it kind of begins the cycle. Like yeah, it just you know, at one point in the book, she goes, "What do you get?" She's like, "What reward do you get for being Batman? You get to be Batman again. It's like you get a few years of happiness, mm-hmm. then you will become Batman again." And it's like, and then the book ends, and you're like, "Whoa!" You know? Yeah. So I mean, as we approach that ending, and we do get you know, the a glimpse back into the bar, but it's the shadow of Batman and Martha on the walls and the ceiling. And then that's Joe Chill, much older. Mm-hmm. I didn't really know, how am I supposed to interpret that? You know, from we saw him in the last issue, he seems middle-aged and now he seems older. Like is, what's, I know it's like, it's, it's a Him small part, but guilt. it's just, that's it. It's an old man living with his guilt. That's how I interpret it. Cause you know, okay. he says anyone there, damn ghosts. Yeah. You know, he's just, uh, cause you can see, you see the shadows and he, you know, they're there, they're looking over him. It's like, this is, you know, it's, it's like the moment she's like, no, you know, this is the man who created you. Yeah. You know, almost in a sense, like, it's almost like, oh, this is actually your true father, Joe Cho. The, the, sh- the shadow looms large over you, Joe Cho. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. Okay. You, inter- you you did that much better than I did. You're so smart, Pete. Well, you said it. Because then even before that, it's like it's her. And again, the book comes into play. Mm-hmm. You know, good good night, Bat Cave, good night, Bat uh, Batmobile, good night, T Rex. That's the I don't think he said it actually, T Rex, but you get the picture. Like <laughs> you know. He says mechanical dinosaur, close enough. Good night, giant penny. Like they got specific shout outs. Hell yeah. Well done. And then it's year one Robin, 66 Batmobile, red phone. Mm-hmm. You have Batman Hush. You have, then you have Purple uh, Purple Catwoman. Like there's there's a lot of cool stuff in here. And then it, to that that end point of the Good Night Back signal, mm-hmm. and then you flip to the end. And this here, I, I to me, I interpret to this as the DC Big Bang. Like, it, it, are you familiar with that? Like, there's that one hand that creates the DC universe. I think they play a little bit of this in the Green Lantern animated series. There's this there's like this hand that kind of forms the Is DC. that what they were playing with on the DC rebirth? Then uh, there was like a, it like a hand, which eventually became Dr. Manhattan's hand, but yeah. So okay. it's like, it's, it's definitely like in the grander scheme of things. And then like, you know, it, it, that's the first thing. And then you see what it is. And there's, there's then they, these hands grab this baby yeah, and it gives it to Martha and she names the baby Bruce and the cycle begins. And it's yet again, no Thomas, just Martha. Mm-hmm. So that was a hmm. But yeah, so the so let's let's touch on that. So the cycle begins. So we say Batman is Batman. He quote unquote dies, and then he's Batman again. Like let's let's make some sense of that because we don't get Batman's like. Let's take this at face value. Let's get rid of the the ideology, the philosophy, and all that. Let's take it as what's being said is what happens. We don't get stories where Batman flat out dies. That would make it easier to understand if it's like, oh yeah, cause you know, we usually get Batman dies and then there's just like another comic series is a relaunch or something and Batman's 
uh, Batman's Batman again. And it's like, oh, okay, well then you take this in a sense of like, yeah, you know, you get stories and Batman dies and then he's reborn because we get a new comic series. And so it's like, Mm -hmm. it's Batman yet again. But how do you make, how do you make sense of this uh, in, in simpler terms? Uh, reincarnation. That's it. He just, he doesn't come back as something else. He just comes back as Bruce Wayne, Batman. Like that's it. It's just, it's a circle. You, you know, and it just, you, he, he's going round and round. That's it. Mm-hmm. That, that's how I would do it. That's all you do. She says, she says, you don't go to heaven or hell. Do you know the only reward you get for being Batman? You get to be Batman. Like, this is it. This is your destiny. This is what you are meant to do. No matter what earth it is, no matter what world it is, you know, it, whether it's earth two or earth 37 or earth 52, like, this is all that Bruce Wayne is and what Bruce Wayne is meant to do. This is your just eternal destiny. That's good stuff. That's good. Uh, that's pretty deep. It's pretty deep. I should give this book to uh, my 11 year old niece and be like, let's see what you get out of this. Oh my God. She'd be like, he's wearing Kobe's Jersey on the cover. <laughs> <laughs> that's Kobe Bryant. Catwoman's wearing a dress. Why does she have the, the head of a cat? weird yeah. i mean the, the book's really heavy and it's definitely it's it's not a book for new readers which is yeah which is almost a gamble in a sense like you know when you publish a book like that in batman and detective you know and you label it as the final story right yeah so batman it, story that's a good point because in any other case you're not getting brand new readers in batman issue number 686 or detective issue 853 but when you bring the title whatever happened to the Cape Crusader and you say, this is the, you know, the bat, the final Batman story. Well then, yeah, that's, that's good marketing because that's going to bring people in of like, Oh, you know, this is just like, well, Superman never dies. I need to, I need to make sure that I get these comics called the death of Superman. And you or know, does, or does the story inspire you to go back and read things of the past, you know, like, Oh, well yeah. you try to figure out where this pulls from, you know, it's different for someone like us who goes and reads this stuff. And says, oh, this is from this. This is from that. And that's from this. Yeah. As a new reader, this is all, you don't know any of this. So it, mm-hmm. it's, as I was saying, it, it's kind of a gamble to do something like this. Cause yeah. even in, you know, whatever happened to the man of steel or man of tomorrow, like at the end of the book, you're kind of like, Oh, Jordan Superman, right? Mm-hmm. Like he's, he's in disguise. Superman didn't die. Yeah. Little, you know, little winky face to the, yeah. to the camera. <laughs> so it, it's, it's, it, it's very it's so interesting and it's so heavy it's yeah it might it's, be one of the hev- it might be the heaviest batman story i've ever read actually whoa there's a lot on this it's the heaviest like, one for would Peter. you say i said whoa there's no a lot would you of- say it's heavy though like what i say oh yeah i mean as i sit there and i try to think about it i mean yeah as far as like pulling emotions and stuff mm-hmm. not that i sat here and cried or anything i'm reading it but yeah they're trying to pull some emotions and yeah i mean look at me sitting here asking you questions when it's like i i've read this a few times since it's first released and i mean it's still got me thinking and in that it's not frustration so that's how it's different from morrison because that story can like pending my mood it can piss me off and i'm sorry that i keep like bashing on morrison i'm not trying to because i know there's tons of fans that love morrison's batman work and i don't i don't hate it uh, but I just know that I was left frustrated and some of the, some of it as time went on and I gained more knowledge, it didn't make me feel better. It just made me feel more disappointed. Like, Oh, that's it. That doesn't really do it for me here in discuss like reading it this time around and how I know this reading was different than previous readings. It felt, uh, fulfilling 
and the, the, snapping some ideas together with you, Pete, you've spoken to me. All right. You're my, you're my pastor right now. And you're making me feel a lot. Jesus. My, my bat flame is lit Ju- on the Justin's inside. the pastor. <laughs> More like the bastard. Um. <laughs> bastard Vera right here. But um, yeah, it's, I, I agree with you. I can't think of another story that can be on its level. I mean, feel free, whoever's listening to say, well, actually this story and this story, cause I'd be happy to reread some or read something for the first time that gives us a run for its money. But yeah, it's pretty, it's pretty heavy. Um, Pete, let's go into some of my favorite parts and let's see how much we overlap. Let's go first with like, if you have a favorite part of this story. Doesn't mean from each issue, it means as the story and, you know, this is one story. What's your favorite part? Uh, geez. Oh man. My favorite part. Mm-hmm. Uh, it has to be an issue too. And it's definitely, um, let's see here. I'm trying. It's, it's Kubert's art with like the silhouettes and stuff. And you get like those, um, you get those, it's with the skyline, you know, it's kind of got the Jim Lee blimps and stuff. And then it, it goes into just, uh, you know, the, the little, uh, what's it called? I can't think of the word, the montage panels. Mm-hmm. Like that's probably like my favorite, that favorite part of the book. Favorite part. Okay. Yeah. And how about a favorite panel? Uh, my favorite, pa- my favorite panel is, is the double page spread of the bat signal turning into the hands and Bruce Wayne being born. Really? Yeah. Just yeah, cause like it, nice. it, it's, it's, it, it culminates the book. It's the end. And like you, you get it, you know, like to me, it's like, it's so DC universe. You get the big bang, you get Bruce Wayne being born and then you flip the page and, and then it's Bruce. Like to me, that's really magnificent, you know, like, yeah. Wow, and there's no words. It's all image, you know, like, mm-hmm. And the other, and uh, book two is definitely my favorite of, of them all because it, it, it's the conclusion, you yeah. know, and it's, it's everything to do. Like, I love book two so much because Martha's in it and she's like, they're going on this journey of like his past. And he's kind of like, you know, in issue one, she's like, you're the, you're, you're the world's greatest detective. You figure it out. And he is, he's literally figuring this out as he's taking this one final lap with his mother. So like I, issue two in general is just, it's absolutely beautiful. It strengthens and, issue one. Two. It does. It, issue one's great because it leaves you with questions and it yeah. locks you in. Issue one just sucks you into the story because you don't know where you're, you don't know where you're starting and then where you end. You're like, well, what's coming next? So like, it does this wonderful job of setup right into issue two. That's yeah. what I, and like I, <laughs> we differ on this. I know you love Batman more. I love Detective Comics. Like Detective Comics is my jam. I, it's it's everyone always tells me Batman's the definitive book. I no, Detective Comics is the definitive book. So for this to end on Detective the way it did, it just seems so fitting for me. I'll tell you recently, Detective has definitely been the stronger book of the two. But I mean, anyways, you Batman people had your New Fifty Two run, but we, <laughs> Detective uh, Comic Crew, we've had the long haul. Okay, don't forget where he started, guys. DC Twenty Seven. <laughs> Respect. Uh, I saved to talk about both because they're both the same. My favorite part and favorite panel is definitely that page of the the Batman looking over the city. I love that speech that he's giving right there. You know, the uh, I keep this city, Batman doesn't compromise. I keep the city safe and all that. And I do not ever give in or give up. There's so um, many wonderful moments like that in the story. And I love the panel of, because it's just like, yeah, that's freaking Gotham City right there. That's Gotham mm-hmm. City. And of course, Batman is overlooking Gotham City always. And I just think that that, you can take away the dialogue and that image would be like, yeah, that's frameable. Put it as a poster. Let's put it on the wall because it's, it's awesome. And then the dialogue that's added in there. 
is very strong and definitely says what kind of like what kind of hero what kind of symbol batman is uh so i just i love i love it i love it uh what what cover do you like the most i think it's the the batman cover i i'm i agree with you just the the funeral procession and yeah i mean right off the bat you've got alfred i i I honestly i was like who's this (laughs) i i did not like it looked like catwoman but i wasn't sure damien two-face you've got the gentleman ghost in the background you could see mr freeze Mm -hmm. the original red hood it that cover to me is is really special ivy's wearing she's she's covered in vines and she's wearing this this black like peacoat thing I, i i do well you know I love Detective, but I, I'm going to give it to uh, issue one for that one. I mean, Cooper did. I mean, he did a magnificent job on all of them. And I'm curious, is he a Laker fan? I mean, I don't know. I, I'm kind of surprised. I get it in what he's he's doing for that Detective cover. Obviously, I mean, he even signed it, Andy Kubert, after Bob Kane. But I'm surprised that after kind of like how symbolic the, the Batman cover is, that they almost went a little bit more... Uh, personal and straightforward on that second cover. But then I think, like, I could swore that I've got the, the, the Alex Ross variant for the Batman, um, for Batman. Oh, what does that look like? That's the, that's, that's the Alfred holding the, the cape and cowl. Oh, is that what that is? Let me check. Oh, wow. I I need to check my long box because I'm pretty sure that I have, that I have that cover. Um, and oh, that's one that I've oh, seen a lot. Beautiful. I'm looking at it right now on fandom. Wow. That's a, yeah, I really like that cover, but yeah, the, the original, the released version, the Cooper, uh, Batman. The third cover printing is, cover is pretty cool too. I don't know who drew that, but that's a cool looking cover. The third printing cover. I don't know that I've. Yeah. It's Batman and Robin just swooping down. It's a cool cover. I'll, uh. I th- it looks like Kubert. I think that's his signature. I can't really see, but I think it's Kubert. Is that the the detective or uh, the Batman third printing? I could t- I'll okay. text it to you right now. Not that anyone else can see it, but yeah. Uh, a follow up question. Well, actually, I just I just googled to look at this, and yeah, that's an interesting. Oh, that's a Batman one influence for sure. That's it. That's where I was going. Thank you. Yeah. So that's cool for the third printing. It, yeah. The second printing is kind of the same cover, same cover with a red tint. Dude, that makes me, oh man, that, that Batman look makes me think uh, Kilmer's suit in Batman Forever. Yeah. It makes you, I mean, if you got 250 bucks, go buy that hot toy kid. All right. I'm on it. <laughs> I'm on it. With, with the, and also with the Robin, that enlarged co- uh, cod piece. <laughs> it's movie accurate, bro. It sure is. Uh, do you? Would you like to see this adapted in animation somehow? Hmm. It's got to be part of something. Uh, you can't just give this to me cold turkey. You got You got to give this to me as part of a thing. Like, uh, explain. Like if it, you, this has to be the third chapter of something. Okay. You know, like this, if you're gonna do, if if RIP can be translated into animation. Or you, and you do some Justice League, you know, Final Crisis type thing. Yeah. And this is the third movie. Like, you, I don't think you can just give this to us in animation. It, it, you know what I'm saying? It's got to be a part of something bigger. Because it's like, well, why is this happening? You know, I agree. I agree with that because as I was thinking of that question um, earlier, it was like, I don't know what the what they could stretch out and add to justify making this an hour and fifteen minute 
animated movie. Because the last time they did that, everyone freaked out about Killing Joke. Yeah, they sure did. Uh, And, but it's way too much to try and fit into an animated episode of something in 22 minutes. Like there's way too much. And so you'd have to cut stuff and cut and cut and anything would be like, ah, why did you do that? So yeah, I totally agree with you. It has to be, um, maybe it's the second act of a movie. Maybe it starts out of him, you know, there's some big fight, whatever. And then, you know, 20 minutes in Batman dies. And for the next 35 minutes, it's whatever happened to the Cape Crusader. Mm-hmm. And, you know, maybe, I don't know, but yeah, I, uh, it'd be interesting to see them do that somehow. Hmm. I would have been more interested in like something like this than like Justice League Apocalypse, Justice League Dark Apocalypse War. Hmm. Like to me, this seems like this seems like some way to restart a universe as opposed to what they did there. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, that's a that's good. I'd allow it. I'd slap Batman on it. And I'm there. Here's my money. I'll give anything a shot. So, Pete, what's your final thoughts on Batman? Whatever happened to the Caped Crusader? I think it's great. I think it's it's a really great story for those who are really entrenched in the lore of Batman. Mm-hmm. Um, I think for newer readers, you've got to warm yourself up to this. This isn't something you just jump into. You've got to do your homework before you jump into a story like this, because then I don't think it pays off. I think for the seasoned Batman reader, this is this is this is a really great tale because you read it and you can connect all these dots and you can make all the connections. And it, it, at the end, when you get hit with the with the hands, you're like, wow, this is heavy. And it's just it's it's a beautiful beautiful sign off or finale to that you know, era of, of Batman, you know? Yep. Yeah, totally agree. This is my favorite read of this story that I've ever had was this time around. And I'm, yeah, thanks. Pete Pete the bastard, everybody. Uh, It's, and I think that's only because it, I've had time, um, time away from it and time investing in the history of the character from, from every era that he's been into where I can, you know, I can get some more of these references and, and I, you know, I'm just more mature now, hopefully than I was when this first came out. Yeah. Yeah. So I I understood the concepts more though. There were a few that I was like, Hmm, how does this, how am I making sense of this? What am I, how am I interpreting it? Uh, Pete, you helped me. So again, thank you. And I, I just think this is a great, this is a great Batman story that, I mean, I, I just, just assume some people put this in like their top tens for sure. Uh, and they, they have every, I mean, they have every right to put whatever they want in their, in their top 10, but it's justified for sure that this is a, a great Batman story. Now for someone like me, Ryan, yeah. who, yeah. who loves the, the comic books. Yeah. I've heard the 30 bucks for that trade, that hardcover. Is it worth it? Should I invest in that? And make that my reader's copy and, and never touch these books again. How many times have you already read these issues? I don't read them that much. This is the first time I've read them probably in, in a while. I just hadn't. But I would read the, I probably would read it more if it was on my, in my bookcase and not on my long boxes. It's going to, I don't know, like, I'd say yes, because it's totally worth it for me. Because though I have single issues in my long boxes, um usually if it's something that i've really liked i make sure that i buy a collected version because i know that i'll go grab that more than i'll go grab every single single issue That's and so about Halloween. this also yes it's kind of heavy but i mean 
to fully invest and take your time, like maybe an hour tops. And so it's, it's just going to get reread mm-hmm. uh, when I have it on the bat shelf. Uh, it's just going to get reread a lot. And so that for me says, though that's pricey, $30 is kind of pricey, I think. Uh, it's supported. Especially just for two issues, you know, like I, yeah. that's why I asked you what else it came with. I thought maybe you would have something from RIP or Final Crisis. I mean, the the additional stuff is not. It could have been without that, and I think I'd still be like kind of okay because I also supported a, a supported a comic shop, so it's like that's that's fine. I gave them a little money instead of buying this off of Amazon, and then I looked on Amazon, and this is like it's full price on Amazon still, and you have to buy it from from another seller. So that's why I was just like, okay, so. They're not reprinting this hardcover a lot or, or something apparently. And so mm-hmm. I thought it was worth it. I'll tell you what, I read this and I was instantly inspired to read what happened to the man of tomorrow. I went down to my long boxes. I picked, I read that book. And that I, a boy. First time I read it in a long time. I was like, wow, like they couldn't be more different, but they couldn't be more of the same. Mm-hmm. You know, like the way that Alan Moore went about the storytelling in man of tomorrow is so different than this. Like it's not about a funeral. It's about, you know, Lois Lane is doing an interview about you know the last moments of superman right i haven't read that in a long time and i got the deluxe edition of that when it was first released i I think it's dude it's so 80s you'll love it i believe i've read it and i loved it then and so now again that one i've had time and i've invested more in the dc universe that i think i'm gonna end up like it even more Um, i remember there's a included in that one was a a superman swamp thing story too that i liked okay Yes, sir. So, Pete Vera, um, you bastard. Would you like to plug? Would you like to plug some things? Would I? I'd love to. Thank yes, you. please do. You could follow me on social media. That's Twitter, Instagram, and Zach Snyder's favorite bureau at Pete Illustrated. You can follow my show that I co-host with a champion of Long Island, Straight Outta Gotham, on Twitter and Instagram. That's Straight underscore O underscore G. You can follow us on Facebook at the Straight Outta Gotham Facebook page. You could follow us as well on the Straight Outta Gotham group page. Please feel free to check out my reviews of Detective Comics, Dark Detective, and Man Bat on BatmanOnFilm.com. On Batman on Film YouTube, I have various toy reviews, uh, McFarlane action figures, Mattel action figures, Funko Pops, Aquaman, the Dark Knight trilogy, uh, Mayfax, all kinds of cool stuff over there. Uh, Please check out my interviews that I've done with Michael Uslin, Kevin Conroy, Tara Strong, Greg Griffin, James Tucker, Sam Liu, all the great creative people of WB Animation are on Batman on Film YouTube as well. And uh, that'll, that'll be all, Ryan. Thank you for the time on the <laughs> show. It's, it's been a blast. Absolutely. Yes, sir. Peter Vera. Uh, yeah, and do backtrack if you haven't yet. Uh, check out the, the Batman Book Club, Straight Outta Gotham crossover episodes where Pete, Eric, and I talk Future States, uh, the next Batman and Dark Detective, as well as... Uh, Robin, Harley Quinn, Catwoman, and Nightwing, um, because the that was like the first half. We're gonna we're gonna talk about the 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 end of Future State as we know it uh, coming up here towards the end of this month too. So keep an eye out for that. You can keep an eye out for that on uh, the social media feeds on the Twitter and Instagram at the Batman BC. You can also follow me on Twitter at Lauer underscore Ryan Lauer, spelled like Lower. Thank you, Pete. Uh, you can also write in for questions or comments or anything Batman related at all at the BatmanBC at gmail.com. And lastly, if you would ever be so kind, please help spread the word on the show. You can do that by leaving a quick uh, five-star review on 
Apple Podcasts. The link to that rate and review page is in the description of this episode. As I said, it helps spread the word. And as we all know, the word is panic. So for Peter Vera, I am Ryan Lauer. And until next time, read more Batman comics. <laughs>